Before I get started with today's podcast, three special shout-outs. One of them is actually a unique one. I've never done this before. Uh, it's a new thing to the RSS.com platform that I use. It's Albi, which is an app or website specifically where you could send me money or Bitcoin, whatever you, whatever you feel like. But they send them in the form of SATS, S-A-T-S, which is basically like a tiny form of Bitcoin. It's still t- technically Bitcoin, but you know. Anyway, thank you to Josea Jimenez for sending me some. 122 bits. Actually, that's quite a bit, actually. Thank you for that. That's a very generous offer of you. Um, don't know how much that is, but, you know, thank you anyway. And also, Joseph Fister, thank you for supporting me on Patreon. And La H, um, <laughs> another Patreon subscriber. Thank you for that, by the way. Anyway, this episode is going to be one of my favorites to record, if I'm being honest, because I've been doing some research on hippie culture, everything about it, really. Um, I started listening to the music. I started reading up on everything that free love and, you know, the 60s. Well, 60s and other years. Uh, It's kind of complicated. I'll get more into it later in the episode. I will admit one thing. I could do more research because, honestly, hippie culture is amazing. There's quite a bit to it, in fact. There's, um, well, I don't know how to explain it any better than with a podcast episode. All right. We're going to start with a bit of a simple thing. All right. So you guys know I like music, right? You guys maybe think I'm a metalhead. Maybe you think I'm some sort of elitist with punk rock. Yeah, but... (laughs) Well, not really. Anyway, I've also been listening to a lot of Jefferson Airplane, Jimi Hendrix, a lot of these old-style bands. You know what I mean? But let me tell you why. There was something about the... the psychedelic 60s, as it's known... That really stood out to me. There was this era of free love. And what stood out to me more than anything, though, was the art style they picked. Because, uh, let's face it, we've all seen those posters that are all trippy. You know, maybe the, the album cover for one of these hippie bands is, like, really psychedelic. You already know the look the moment I tell you. Uh, an image comes to mind, you know, flowing art. Very bright colors, wavy text. But what you don't, what you might not know, is that this is already an established art form even before the 60s, even before the the movement of the free love, of the war that happened, of all these young people who want something new. I've always been inspired by that. That's always something that stuck out with me, you know? And the main reason that I liked it, right? Okay, I already said it's an established art form. And it is. Art Nouveau. If you guys don't know what that is, Art Nouveau is essentially new art. That's literally what it is in French. It was a style that was already pre-established. However, think of it like this. Psychedelic art pieces, but with the knob turned a little down. What I mean by that is, you know, not as bright colors and feminine figures, maybe a bit of feathers, peacocks, a lot of detail with flat coloring. All they did was they got this art style and they just turned up the dial. They just brightened the colors, added more detail, and they would use these as as marketing gimmicks, if I'm being honest. Sadly enough, if, if you think art 
And if you think the hippie movement doesn't have some sort of financial motivation behind it, at some, you know, for some level of it, it does. Because the truth is, when these bands were first starting, they wanted to stand out. And the way they would do that is they would get these regular posters and they would, you know, they would art them up real good. And the reason being is because they wanted to stand out. A flat text with a black and white coloring, it wasn't going to cut it. So they had to up the ante. They had to increase that art. I should go more into detail about the whole financial incentive thing. When it comes to making music, you have to make a good song, right? You have to make something that is not only going to stand out, but something that's going to speak to people. I guess you could speak from the heart. Sure, everyone does that. Why not? People are listening. You might as well. But they also, you know, that's how they make their money. That's how it works. Money is important when you're a musician because instruments are not cheap. However, there were other people who did the same thing, right? Uh, financial incentive-wise, anyway. There were these shops around this time as well that would open up that sold, you know, alternative medicine and a variety of things, really. Just think of it this way. Whenever you go to the, whenever you go to the beach and there's a whole bunch of... Um, stores right and there's um there's always one that stands out maybe they sell healing crystals or something that started with this whole hippie movement right because they were practicing alternative medicine they were doing all these alternative things but one thing they were also doing was breaking social norms you need to understand this is the time when the bus cut when the suits when nothing artsy was being done essentially before the hippies came around, America was boring, okay? You wanted to go see a movie, you can go ahead and do that. Maybe go eat something at a drive-thru, go ahead. What else? Exactly. Exactly. You guys need to understand why this fascinates me as well. Anything counterculture, I fully embrace. And that goes for hippies, hipsters, goths, punks. You know, anything where you don't want to just dress up like like a regular person hell even even some of those guys that go to underground bars and like rap and stuff you know i don't know what they would be classified as but well i've i'm not gonna say i've done my fair share but i've definitely been to places where um <laughs> where that's happened you know indie rockers i guess would count as well yeah anyway um counterculture was born in the U.S. in this way. The reason we have hippies to thank for that is, well, the invention of LSD. That's right. LSD was a major part of the hippie movement. Why? Well, because it's a, its effects on the human brain. It wasn't exactly something well known. In fact, scientists at the time were studying it, sure, but they didn't know its full effects. They didn't know what, what it would do to people. And I've seen all these documentaries. I've seen all these people who take it. And they all started around the hippie movement, you know? It's odorless. It's tasteless. And I guess it supposedly opens a third eye of some sort. That's, that's how they put it, okay? But one of the effects that stood out to me was that at the time, there were people who, before they would take the test, right? They were ordinary people, never did drugs in their life. And they had a set career goal. You know, they had... They, they wanted to buy a house in the suburbs, get a, a bus cut, start a family. 
after taking LSD. They did the same test. However, what changed wasn't much, but it was one key difference, and that's what started the hippie movement. But let me go into more detail. What changed afterwards was before, you know, while I'm still young, I wish to see the world. I wish to explore. It opened up something in these people, right? These were young people who wanted to start a movement because they were just downright bored with the current status quo. And I get it. Ow. It's not, um, I just slapped my door handle. Why is it near me? <laughs> anyway, that's this whole hippie movement thing actually started um, earlier than the 60s, really. It was a slow burn, so to speak. The 60s is just when it finally popped off, you know? And it started with simple things. People just weren't cutting their hair. You know, they weren't dressing nice. Instead of doing something productive after school or something, they would just hang out, you know? Go play in the grass. Which segments us to another thing. Grass. Marijuana. Another key element in the hippie movement. Because what... Eyewitness testimony say at the time, um, there's, there's this documentary about it, I watched it, and this one person in particular said, when you're, you know, you know, at the time, you're born into this institution, you're supposed to be real stiff, well-dressed, cut your hair, do all these things, right? Follow the rules, study, all that stuff. And what they would do is, they would smoke marijuana, and they would just, they just didn't want to do any of that. They wanted to loosen up. They wanted to not be so stiff, so to speak. Everything about the hippie movement also catches my attention because it seems to be a quagmire of a variety of, of factors that played into it. The time of... Um, the, the timing was just perfect because this is the baby boomer generation, okay? All those kids had to do something. And they became... They became disillusioned by all of the promises that their fathers had and their mothers had. They didn't want it to be like, oh, the man's got to work and the wife's got to stay home and clean and whatnot. None of that anymore. That changed. The reason, another reason, right? This one, this one you might have seen already. Um, the reason I'm so interested in this is because we're still seeing its effects today. That movement wasn't just isolated to the 60s. Think about how different it is. Think about how art has changed. Think about how self-expression has changed. How many more different genres of music do we have? How many different styles of clothing do we have? How many, you know, how many people no longer have like kids or like they no longer have the nuclear family, so to speak. Nuclear family being, you know, one, like two children, one boy, one girl, a wife and a husband in the suburbs, all dressed nice, cutting the grass, working a nine to five, some people were tired of that. Why? Because it wasn't as fulfilling as they expected. They get to this point and it's just, you know, like I, I have this saying, right? I've said it to certain people before. Um, and it's, it, it's something I always think about. This phrase that stuck with me when I was young and it never left me. There must be more to life. That phrase is perfect. You know, like for this entire situation, that just describes it perfectly. These people just had that moment where they're like, 
there must be more to life. This can't be it, you know? That's, this, this is not enough. It's amazing to see the whole movement, right? Because there were so many little things that all happened at once. I'm actually excited right now talking about it because I did so much research on this topic and honestly, look into it further. There's so much cool stuff about it. Also, marijuana um, at the time, yeah, they would call it marijuana, but interestingly enough, okay, before I move on, marijuana was called grass at the time. You know, they'd, they'd use that a lot. Anyway, moving on. Grass was commonly used, more common than LSD, I believe. But at the time, they started releasing these PSAs that made no sense. In fact, even the people there did not believe it. It was meant to be propaganda, you know? It was meant to be something that that they basically say, oh, once you try marijuana, you'll be hooked for life. And these people who were actually using the drug were like, what are they talking about? You know, that that's, that's the mentality they had. And the worst part about it is this entire system became questionable now they were they started to see it for what it really was for you know all the beautiful sights all the stories they heard they were fake you know they they just weren't what they were expecting it to be growing up in that in that environment it blows my mind seeing it too there's some old 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 psas right why, why am i saying it like that they're not even that old okay there's some old psas where there's this girl who like has a boyfriend and she's he's using marijuana and then suddenly she's addicted to heroin. You see stuff like that, they thought it was okay to show to children, but they knew they were being lied to. Children are smarter than we give them credit for. You have to understand that. Like really, when I was a kid I was dumb, don't get me wrong, but I don't know, man. Kids they're smart, you know? I took a moment to go on the internet just now, and I wanted to find first-hand accounts of hippies in the actual era. Uh, written testimony, especially. Some little details that most people didn't initially see, you know, seeing in the pictures, reading in the news, all that stuff. So I did find someone. Papuan Black. I, I can't. Yeah. Papuan Black. Yeah, okay. It's okay. Uh, it's a long, long read. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, read some key moments in this. I remember the ladies to be very independent and impossible to pin down. They were free spirits, dressed in old clothes, and they didn't rely on surgery or influencers. They were truly independent young ladies and quite a challenge. Buddhism and Hinduism were very popular, so we were pretty cool about most things. Controlling your wants and desires was part of the experience as well. And respect for all life, all people, all animals and insects and fish were sacred. It was complicated, and you didn't really understand it until you look back on it and realize how it had formed your life forever. I can't escape 1968. It was an amazing year. I like that. I really like that. This was, um... That was a good read, actually. It's a really good read. Let me see if I can find another one. There is no greater source of information than people who were actually there, okay? I mean, really. What better thing to do than ask people who were actually there? Here's another one. I grew up during the 50s and the 60s. I wanted to be a hippie. I was enthralled with the idea of the summer of love, but I grew up in a farm in Southeast Texas. High school had dress codes and hair codes, but I wanted to be a hippie. And then he goes on and on. There's, there's quite a bit of a read here. If you do want to read the whole thing, 
there's a YouTube video called The Best Documentary to Understand Baby Boomer Hippies. Came out five years ago. It's quite a long video, 30 minutes long. It's worth a watch. That wasn't the only thing I watched though, okay? So there was quite a bit more research done and the comments section of that video do it justice because a lot of hippies are there recounting their story. And it's very important to do that because one thing that I often forget is this was pre-internet days. So when they wanted to get a message out, they had to do something big, something that would make headlines, something that would be on the news. I remember that time. Simpler time. Well, I wasn't born in that era, but I mean pre-internet, okay? I was at a time um, when the internet was a thing, but it was not mainstream. It was not popular. That's my account anyway. My youth was very different from other people's, don't get me wrong. We were also kind of like, you know, we weren't well off financially, and that's, that's okay. I think that's what made me the person I am today. Sometimes you got to find the silver lining of things, you know? It doesn't matter. So if you're a poor person and you're struggling through things, you got to understand. You're going through it for a reason. It's not that you deserve it, don't get me wrong. No one deserves to suffer, but you'll be a better person for it when you live through it. So yeah, I hope I, hope I cheered someone up with that. Also, I think I mentioned earlier... Um, no, I didn't mention it earlier here. Well, I probably did, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm always inspired to talk about things like this because of something that happened to me in my day. You know, maybe something came up and I thought it was interesting and I looked into it further. In fact, earlier I was talking to my girlfriend over the phone. It was, um, we mentioned ramen at some point and I just off, off the top of my head knew the history of ramen because I, I, I look up a lot of history things. I read up on it. I'm a curious person. That's just who I am. But... I think that would be a good topic to talk about in another episode. I might do that, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, the inspiration for this episode came from when I was listening to, you, you know how Spotify has that algorithm? It tries to um, tries to show you what you wanna see. Well, it recommended one, one playlist, uh, Psychedelic Rock, and all of the music is from that hippie era. And I, I fell in love, honestly, that, it brought me back too, because back to my roots. Yeah, I don't know why I keep saying that. I'm sorry. Um, it brought me back because I was listening to a lot of different types of like rock music for a time, and I remember Jimi Hendrix and a variety of those types of bands. You know, I haven't heard Voodoo Child in like, honest to God, ten years. So when I heard it again, you know, it was like a, it was like a slap in the face. It was like, hey talk about this look into it further so I did and I thought it would be a good topic for an episode admittedly there isn't much that I can say because these episodes are 30 minutes long but yeah the entire thing was amazing I, I do like the whole Buddhist thing though I did notice that when it comes to Buddhism a lot of the practices that are in the belief system not a religion um, at least there, there is some religious aspects to it don't get me wrong but you can also just meditate, you know, focus on teaching the Buddha, all that stuff. But most of what the hippies did are essentially what he did, but like ranked up. Also, one of the hippies did mention something and it's very, I guess it's a minor difference, but it does make a difference regardless. The marijuana and the, um, the LSD back then was 
significantly weaker than what what's out there today. So marijuana nowadays, yeah, that'll mess you up badly. But the grass back then, I guess, was almost literally grass. It almost had no THC in it. But that's not the important part. The important part is they weren't really allowed to do it. And I guess that's what made it more, you know, it made them want to do it more. I found that interesting. I don't know about you guys. I like how earlier I was mentioning some of the bands and I could only mention... <laughs> earlier I could only mention... Uh, what's his name? How did I already forget your name? Jimi Hendrix. Damn it. Seriously. I'm a little sleep deprived. Can you tell? Anyway. Psychedelic Rock. Okay. Let's name some of the bands at the time. Not even of the time, just the genre. The Doors, The Zombies, Jefferson Airplane, Jimi Hendrix, of course, some Led Zeppelin songs, 13th Floor Elevators, The Beatles, The Pretty Things, Sid Barrett, some Pink Floyd songs, and my personal favorite, Cream. Let me tell you why, though. This entire podcast episode would not have happened if I didn't hear the song White Room by Cream. Like, when I heard that, that was like... You know when you get that moment where you're just like, yes, yes, this one. I got chills up my fucking spine hearing that song because I thought this is a great topic. It like, it's like a flashback. I've never even been to the 60s. But yeah, that that one song, when I heard it, it was, I was like, this one. In the white room with black curtains. I don't know. You got to hear the song. Okay. I'm not going to sing on the podcast. I, I got to quit doing that. I'm stealing Brian's bit. I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> That's for Brian to do. I'm going to have him on again. That guy was awesome. And uh, let's see what else. What else? There really ain't much to talk about. You know, when it comes to when it comes to these um, the hippie culture, there's still some around. You know, there's actually plenty still around. I'm not even talking about the OG hippies at this point. I'm talking about people who still appreciate the whole free love movement, you know? A lot of people in the comments and a lot of the research that I did brought up that the movement was so powerful and inspiring to them that some of them, you know, started a garden, let their hair grow out, stopped wearing shoes. And it's it's beautiful, honestly, because the way I see it, when it comes to counterculture, I'm very certain that these that the hippie movement is what kicked off a lot of stuff. When I hear the music, I hear inspiration for like modern punk rock or modern modern rock in general. It was just so good. It's like someone got a jazz musician, jazz guitarist, and just gave him a little bit of acid and his mind expanded. That's the 60s, okay? You just heard the clap, yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited about this topic. This, the whole thing just speaks to me, right? I've met some hippies in the past. I didn't know they were hippies at the time. I was a young, a young man. I was, I was a boy. I was a boy. That's what I was. Little kid, little infant, sperm cell. Okay, I gotta quit. I gotta quit doing that. But yeah, I was excited. Looking back at it, because I was looking at the everything they went through. San Francisco, Woodstock, everything about it. Jimi Hendrix, and that song. Jesus. The show where he was playing live, and then there's a uh, Jefferson Airplane. Everything about it was great. Don't you want somebody to love? 
I really like the idea, you know? Don't get me wrong, I see um I see some drawbacks with it. Like I don't see a society living on love and no money or anything, but it's a beautiful idea. We should be respecting each other. We should be, you know, caring more about each other. About life. About nature. About ourselves. Everything. It's very important not to look at these people in a judgmental way. Because they were young. They were, you know, some of them were younger than others. Don't get me wrong. This was mostly teenagers, people in their early 20s. Mostly late 20s as well. And the more I see it, the more I think this whole thing actually scared some of the older generation because it was now fighting back from the old world mentality. And I'm all about that. You know, I'm always about pushing barriers. I'm always about expanding our mind to new ideas. So I wouldn't consider myself a hippie, but I definitely am inspired by some of their ideas. Most of them, you know, free love, which is, you know, love each other. You know, take care of everyone. Everyone deserves, you know, like, I don't know a single person in the world who I would say this person is undeserving of love. That's not true. There, there is no person like that, you know? Everyone is a living human being, you know? That's just how it is. They have goals, ambitions, dreams, desires, wants, fears. Everything's there for everyone. Unless you're a psychopath, but you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, not, not everyone can be perfect, right? The whole era was brimming with, with so much stuff that happened, right? And I hate to bring us back to the modern world, but I do notice a lot of stuff that have happened in recent years that I, I think, I think you currently listening, right? You and I, both of us are going through historic events ourselves: the war in Ukraine, tensions between countries. It's almost like the 60s are back, huh? Interesting. And a little terrifying. I'm, uh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. The 60s had LSD and marijuana, right? But they were weak. We have ketamine. <laughs> That's not a good thing, okay? People have been dying of that stuff. No, okay, like on a, on a serious note, like that, that shit's like really bad for you. If you're on, if you know someone who's on ketamine, Ask, ask them to stop, urge them to stop. Ketamine kills really bad. And also fentanyl. No, fentanyl is the one. Fentanyl kills. Ketamine is literally horse tranquilizer. Where did you even get that? Don't take it. It's worse than heroin. Ow, my fingers. Did you hear that pop? That's my fingers. I've been working. Ow. I've been working hard this week. Don't get me wrong. Ow. I, every time I look at the art movements that came from the hippie culture as well, you know, the... Art Nouveau, I I remember splatter painting as well. This probably doesn't tie in with it, don't get me wrong, but there was definitely something there. The color palettes, the melting gooiness, everything about it. I did a, a canvas once where I was just throwing art. You know, I was just throwing paints that I thought looked good together. I was wrong, but <laughs> I, I thought it looked good together at the time, but I was a young, naive artist. And... I still have the painting. I might use it as, and you know what? I'm gonna use it as a cover art, just so you guys have a visual. Because I'm terrible with visuals, and also for some reason I've been more active on TikTok. Um, just posting memes mostly. I wonder where meme culture ties in with the 
this <laughs> this whole topic, you know? It always comes back to the memes. Always. Because unless you don't know, let me explain. Meme originally meant a bit of culture from every, you know, every aspect of life. The original definition was essentially a piece of culture, basically. I'm really, really generalizing it. There's a big definition for it. But the original term for meme was, you know, culture. So it's funny that we're using the term now. Maybe maybe later down the line, memes are going to be called funny ha-has or some shit. I don't know. When I was younger, we didn't have the word meme on the internet. We had funnies. We had, look at this dumb image. Look at this silly photo. I don't know. Things change over time. But at the end of the day, they're inspired by things of the past. If you look into the past, you will see a lot of things that inspire the future. A lot of it. And I'm not just talking hippies. I'm talking everything, okay? Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. I think we're down that path again. But, oh well. That's life, baby. <laughs> anyway. I went off the rails near the end, as I always do. If you don't know... That's, you know, that's just my thing. I like talking, okay? I just hit the mic, I'm sorry. Hey, I did that last week. <laughs> no, the week before, whatever. Anyway, it's going to do it for this episode of the Meat Weed Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Our downloads have been going up like crazy. I think within the next two months, we're going to hit 10,000 downloads. I'm really excited about that. Also, this is... I should probably keep clean about this. For those who are new listeners because of the Spotify ad campaign, hello, hi. I'm Mr. Meat, I guess. Uh, my real name's different. I, I just don't say it on the podcast. I let other people say it for me. And some of you might recognize my voice. Uh, not a lot of you, don't get me wrong, but some of them. I won't say who I am. I also won't say where the targeted advertisement is. <laughs> okay, it's nationwide, but whatever. Okay, so I mentioned the Spotify ad already. I should go into detail. There is this Spotify ad campaign that I am running. It started on Monday of this week, which was... The 14th, I believe? August 14th? Whatever. Okay, it's going to last until like two weeks from now. It's a two-week ad campaign. I'm just trying it out. It did cost quite a bit, but you know, whatever. I didn't even put a lot of effort into it. You know, I didn't try to make it sound like an advertisement. I tried to make it sound like, hey, come listen. Or don't, I don't care. Because truth be told... If you listen, I'm happy for you. Hi, welcome to the group. There are thousands of us, apparently. And if you don't listen, I mean, it doesn't matter what I say. Baba Booey. You know, I'm going to say that. You're not going to listen anyway. <laughs> okay, I've gone on too long. But yeah, thank you guys all so much for listening. There's going to be a lot more next week. I think it's going to be about the ramen thing that I mentioned earlier, just because I found it interesting. But yeah. See you guys next week. Also, if you found me from the Spotify ad, hi. <laughs> it worked. Cool. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs>